This podcast is brought to you by Link, the app that allows you to learn a new language from content you love. With Link, you can make anything into a language lesson. French YouTube videos, Korean dramas, Russian news, Japanese podcasts, whatever it is that you want to learn from. Remember to like this episode and follow or subscribe to the podcast from whichever platform you're listening on. If you're learning English, you can find the transcript to this episode and all past episodes as a lesson on Link. Just click the link to the lesson in the description. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the English Link podcast with me, Elle. And today I have a special guest joining me, Lindy Buetis. Lindy, how are you? Hello, I'm well, thanks. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, thank you so much for joining us today. So, Lindy, you are a polyglot YouTuber. Uh, your YouTube channel, Lindy, is called Lindy Buetis, B-O-T-E-S. And you also have a website, lindybuetis.com, where you offer, where you run a blog, you offer um, mentoring and resources. I have the list here. Uh, Afrikaans, Chinese, Hungarian, Japanese, Korean, Malay, Spanish, Tagalog, Vietnamese. Is that right? Yes. <laughs> Amazing. Those are yes. the lists of resources I have, not necessarily the <laughs> languages I'm fluent in. Okay. <laughs> Excellent. So uh, any listeners uh, learning those languages or interested in learning those languages, head over to Lindy's website and check those out for sure. Um, so Lindy, you're joining us from Singapore today. That's that right. One? Yes. So you're living and working in Singapore and it is 8am there. Correct. Yes, right. we are on so, opposite sides of the world. Yeah, I want to say thank you so much for joining us when it's so early for you. You have to be chatty so early. I know it's it's a lot to ask. So oh, thank you. Good. Thanks. <laughs> so I was looking over your website and YouTube channel a lot today. And uh, I saw on your website, you say you you know, sorry, 12-ish languages. I like that-ish. <laughs> um, yes. Can you tell us uh, which languages you know? Well, the ish part is very important <laughs> because I think everybody interprets like know or speak in a different way, right? If right. I can have a very basic conversation about the weather, does that really mean I know a language? I'm not so sure. So last mm -hmm. year I was uh, learning 12, which means even if it's the most beginner language, I was trying to learn it. But I would say I'm at least conversational, can help myself in around eight or so languages. So apart from English, my home language is Afrikaans. And then I guess in order of rough fluency, it would be Korean, Japanese, French, Mandarin, uh, Spanish, uh, maybe Hungarian, Vietnamese. Where are we now? Um, it's very early morning. I'm going to have to check my own website. <laughs> to see. But, you know, they all kind of trail off at the end. Uh, you know, learning a bunch can speak a few. Right, right. And uh, so you said you grew up in South Africa and uh, I, I was looking, uh, I looked online today. I knew that there were many official languages in South Africa. I read there are actually 12, which I was amazed by. Do you think, did that have any impact on you growing up? I don't know how exposed you were to those languages on a day-to-day -day basis, uh, but did that have an impact on your your love for language learning, do you think? To some extent, yes. I didn't actually grow up in South Africa. I spent oh. maybe more than half or half of my life in uh, a few different countries overseas in the Middle East and Asia. But I did spend uh, my last few years of high school and university in South Africa. And 
Yes, I was exposed to quite a few uh, South African languages, but not necessarily from uh, a direct opportunity of being able to learn them. But I always had friends around me who spoke different languages, and I was always interested in asking people, like, can you teach me a new phrase in Shona, or how do you say this in Zulu? So I think, if anything, the multicultural society that South Africa is uh, inspired me to continue languages and, you know, be curious constantly and ask people about languages. Unfortunately, I didn't have the opportunity or resources, especially now living overseas, to continue those languages. But that did, like, help encourage and motivate me to keep going. Yeah, I, I would really love to learn. I think I bought a Zulu textbook once and I would like to. It's probably the most widely spoken South African language, but South African languages are also very, very regional. So the Zulu spoken in KwaZulu-Natal, KwaZulu-Natal, where it's like very based, is quite different from the Zulu spoken in my hometown, for instance, which is more like an amalgamation of different languages. So even if you try to learn it, you really have to be in that context to sound more natural and pick up the local slang. Right. Uh, so were languages something you were always interested in and even as a child was there something that sparked the because uh, you you I love on your website you're a self-professed language nut you say <laughs> about page um, yeah was there a spark of interest or was it just always something you remember I think there in? might have been a spark of interest around my last year of high school where I distinctly remember spending more time learning Korean than I did studying for my final math exam Thankfully, I passed. I suck at math, but I'm glad I had languages <laughs> to keep me sane. <laughs> um, but I think languages have always been a part of my life, and I've seen it as like, this is normal. Like, growing up in international schools, everybody s spoke different languages. I was just like, oh, I guess this is how life is. You'll always have people around you speaking different languages. I never really realized that's not always the case outside of an international school environment, that monolingualism does prevail in a lot of countries. Uh, but I remember there was definitely a spark after I started learning Korean in 2010. So around 2012, my last year of high school, I realized, man, this is really fun. And Korean is actually quite similar to a lot of languages like Japanese, Korean, um, Cantonese, even Hokkien. Like they all stem from Chinese languages. And that really kind of mm -hmm. snowballed into learning more languages. So I, I took French at school as a school subject. And I always just thought, okay, school subject, whatever, I just need to get good grades. And it was only after that that I was like, man, I, I should have put more effort into it. Languages are really cool. And speaking of Chinese, as you just said, so you're living in Singapore, are you working exclusively in Chinese now in your job? I wish. No, no. Uh, <laughs> Singapore working society is predominantly English, oh, okay. but a lot of my colleagues do speak Chinese at the office. So we kind of mm -hmm. mix a bit, but it's mostly English. Ah, okay. And what are you doing? You're a, you're a UI UX designer, is that right, in your job yes. in Singapore? Yeah, that's right. I'm working at a local startup building their app and website. Oh, very cool. Very cool. So tell us about your journey from kind of language learner, language lover to YouTuber and someone who's created this, this space, this community for language learners online. What made you want to, to do that? Mm, I remember maybe, would it be around eight years ago, I was really inspired by a video by Tim Doner on YouTube. And he's that guy who went super viral and was on the news because he speaks a whole lot of languages. But what I liked was the one video where he documented himself sort of speaking them all. And I thought, hey, this is really great to track your progress and just take a little like time, time capture 
note of all the languages you are able to speak at a moment in time. So I made a really bad video on my webcam from my computer back in high school and I was stumbling, fumbling through my languages. Uh, but through that, I discovered this very small at the time YouTube community of people who were uh, interested in, in, in talking about languages, sharing resources and so forth. And over the years, it has slowly grown. Um, but I think the community part has really grown in the last maybe three years and that's what really encourages me that and that's the best part that I like about languages online is being able to meet people and I'm these days especially active on Twitter I think that is the new up-and-coming spot for uh, language communities people are running language challenges and so forth. So I think it was all just a natural progression as my channel grew. The other social media channels, um, I started documenting my languages more and meeting people with similar interests. I have to say, I agree with the last, you said the last three years, the community has exploded. I've, I've been working, I think, for Link for five years now, and definitely I've seen, yeah, just so many more, so many more people are interested. Uh, you know, getting involved. And I have to say, it, you, it still is maybe more male dominated for whatever reason. I find that very strange. But mm -hmm. now there are more and more women like yourself, um, YouTubers and uh, content providers. And I just I love seeing that. So, um, yeah. And um, I wanted to ask you if you have any advice for me, maybe selfishly, this is for me, but also any listeners who are struggling with motivation right now. Uh, it's clear from your channel, from your website, that you're very focused, uh, motivated, organized. I love that aspect for sure. Um, uh, it's really inspiring. Uh, I'm right now not very motivated. I'm studying French. I was really motivated last year. I don't know what happened. I kind of fell off and then I never quite got it back. <laughs> so I wonder if you have any tips, advice for listeners and me <laughs> do you ever get into a bit of a slump where you're not so motivated to study and if so what has worked for you what do you do to get get yourself back in the game <laughs> all the time yeah. i really feel you about those language slumps i don't know if this is gonna help you or make you feel even more scared because oh, no. <laughs> when i started learning hungarian two and a half years ago i was like super motivated and excited and ready and learning every day for about three months and then it trailed off for two years until i restarted hungarian this year so that was like a two-year break and i actually just used that time to wait for the motivation to come back um and it's it was really circumstantial for me like at that time when i stopped i really had to focus on chinese and then i moved to singapore and then i had to take a korean exam and finally after that i was like you know what i have free time now let me try hungarian again so the one approach which might not work for everyone is really to just wait it out like if you don't have necessarily language goals like i need to pass this exam i'm moving to this country i'm marrying someone who speaks this language if you're kind of just learning for fun sometimes you might just want to wait for it to come back but again that could take two years so the other approach apart from just relying on your emotions and how you feel is um creating a study system for yourself and uh starting very small i realized that with also with these online communities people are so you know fired up like i'm gonna finish this textbook and and you know meet 10 language partners and write five essays and then it kind of trails off it's like new year's resolutions then you don't do it so as long as you start very very small every day you need to start building a daily habit um uh 
I'm trying to use this in different aspects of my life. So I'm working on an ebook now for learning Korean. And I was just like, man, I don't know how to write this. I just, it's taking me forever. And a friend of mine said, just do 10 minutes a day, just 10 minutes. And then you can try to do more if you feel like it. And I was like, wow, just committing to 10 minutes is so much easier than thinking I have a whole book ahead of me. So you can mm. use that same thinking for languages. I'm just going to study French for 10 minutes every morning and then you'll see it'll get easier and you can build on from there. Another mm. final tip for um, maintaining your motivation is to spread it out throughout the day. You'll feel a lot less motivated if you schedule in a one or a one and a half hour block to study. So if you break that up and say you'll review your vocabulary in the morning, you'll listen to a podcast in the afternoon, and you'll play on link in the evening, then you can spread that out throughout the day and that's a lot more manageable and you won't get burnt out. Mm. Okay, that is great advice. That is great. I, mean, I need to take that on for sure. <laughs> I think I need, I think I've waited it out. Now I'm feeling the the urge to get back into the French. Good, okay. good. <laughs> I got it. <laughs> so you're currently, are you maintaining languages or are you, you're studying Hungarian, you said? Is that uh, your current language? Yes. So for this year, I'm choosing two main focus languages <laughs> for every quarter. Uh, so we just finished Q1 the first three, four months of the year. I'm really mm -hmm. bad at math. Um, and <laughs> so it's earlier. <laughs> so, uh, so I was focusing on Tagalog and Hungarian. Uh, and I think I do want to continue those languages for the next quarter's goals uh, because I'm still beginner in both of them. So at the moment, Tagalog and Hungarian are the main ones for me and probably Spanish as well. I really need to improve my uh, very basic Spanish. <laughs> Wow, so three very different languages. I know Hungarian isn't... Is it true that Hungarian is, is in a language family of its own or, or doesn't belong to any of the language families? I yeah, I think it is quite an isolate, but you'll find grammatical similarities with Turkish and Finnish and oh. sometimes words that sound similar, but it's pretty on its own there, yeah. Mm, well, well, best of luck with those. So, sorry, three. Thank you. So each quarter you're doing two to three different languages. So over the year, so nine yeah. languages of the, wow, goodness. Um, with my French. Just like, <laughs> no, we amazing. shouldn't compare. I, no, no, I, I, I wish know. I had just... like time to dedicate a whole year to French. That would be awesome too. <laughs> so what, uh, what lies ahead for 2021 for you? Any any events or projects planned, even though the world is obviously a very strange place right now? Yeah, I think uh, online language conferences are going to keep springing up. So I hope to be attending and participating in more of those, uh, as well as working on my Korean ebook. Uh, so I, I, I think it's been a lot of years of just making videos and now I want to see how I can continue videos, but also take whatever I've put out in my videos into more digestible formats on other social media channels or in writing. So that's probably my main project for this year. Excellent. Well, a busy, busy rest of the year, it sounds like. Lindy, thank you so, so much for joining us again so, so early in the morning. I know it's hard to be chatty at the best of times. Maybe that's just me, but I really appreciate <laughs> it. <laughs> and um, yeah, maybe we will chat again. Um, but best of luck in the meantime with your projects and your language learning. Thank you so much. It was great talking to you. And I wish you the very best of luck with your French as well. Thank you so much. Thanks. Bye. Bye. Bye.